Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in today, being in this time and space with us and yourself. Today is a very special episode. I have a honored guest here, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Diana. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, thank you for being here. So Diana, funny enough, Diana had a podcast of her own with a co-host way back when, over a year ago, and that was the first podcast I ever actually got to be on. So it's definitely a very, uh, it's a full circle moment for us doing this. But um, we originally met, I don't know how long ago, but was it through TikTok? Yeah, I remember it was May 2020, I think, and uh, somewhere around there. And I was diving back into my spirituality, taking it a lot more seriously. And one of your videos came up and you were like, what if schizophrenic people are just you know channeling the other realms or something and you were like what if anxiety is this what if this is that and that just blew my mind and I'm sorry about my my son I have um I have a two-year-old cat child so you, if you hear noise in the background <laughs> that's what it's for he's just excited that we're doing this <laughs> but yeah I remember that video popping up and it's just like sent me into like this rabbit hole you know and I was like what if like that made so much sense and then I just been fangirling you ever since and (laughs) where we are now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was like so like such a cool experience to be on that podcast um and we had some really great conversations and yeah it was my first one so it was like super special but um, then we, you know, started connecting. We still haven't linked in person yet. We're definitely going to do that, whatever, you know, divine timing allows us. But let's start with kind of like your own journey with um, spirituality and where your path has like taken you. Absolutely. <clears throat> so today I am a yoga teacher with 10 years of experience. I facilitate wow. women's circles. I have clients that I work with in per- um over Zoom, and um, I also work at a nonprofit, but it took so long getting here. So my spiritual journey started in about 2012. Um, I've always been raised as a free thinker. Luckily, I'm from Russia originally, but my family has always talked about manifestation. I remember hearing the term indigo child when I was like five or six, and unlike uh, most people in Russia, I was always celebrated for my authenticity and encouraged to push the barriers and be myself no matter what. So coming into America, I didn't have the strongest relationship with my family and I kind of turned to drugs <laughs> and um, you know other coping mechanisms that weren't so healthy. And I remember um feeling high on weed for the first time maybe 15 or 16 and being aware of my body for the first time and being like Mm. oh holy shit like I have skin (laughs) and then inside this skin is all these bones and blood and flesh and organs and that was such a mind-opening experience for me and um at 18 you know I tried shrooms and like got a, a, a whiff of that kind of inner dialogue with a higher power that was in my own voice. And then when I was about 20 is when I got really into yoga and started teaching yoga as well and became a love and light girly and everything is great vibes and don't talk to me about your problems because that'll lower Mm. motivation kind of thing, you know? Triggered. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
And then um, I got really brutally sexually assaulted. And at the time I was thinking like, if God was real and all of this like mm -hmm. had meaning, why would this happen to me? And I just mm -hmm. hit a very dark point in my life, got bad at um, drugs and partying and stuff. And for about four or five years was just really running away from all mm -hmm. of that I built, you know, all of the tools and the mechanisms that have mm -hmm. helped me from being a troubled teenager to a self-actualized adult in college, you know. Um, but it was, I think it was so important for me to go through that trauma because it, through healing it, which I dove back into working through it with a therapist and at the end of 2019. And then we all know what happened in 2020. And that gave me a lot of time and isolation to reflect and also seek out community and support and really rebuild my life from the ground up in addition to therapy and spiritual practices, which for me personally, like I work with both. Um, I believe that everything is everything and everything is, if everything is made out of atoms and molecules, then if something makes sense, spiritually in that realm, mm -hmm. then it has to make sense scientifically, you know, so mm -hmm. um, applying both of the modalities and working through it and started my own woman circle and stuff. And what I truly found is that there's no such thing as just love and light because without mm -hmm. light, you know, we wouldn't have darkness and, and vice versa. So mm -hmm. the more light I've noticed, I've started to allow into myself and working on myself, the more darkness was exposed. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I uh, bravely decided to confront my shadow and work through it and use it as a tool and help others is when I found um, a deeper spiritual meaning. And over mm -hmm. the last year, year and a half, I've been intentional about not over identifying with my spiritual identity and not leading with that because I think it's something that religious people do you know it's like we're like this and they're like that and mm. to me um, spirituality is about collectivism and mm. true collectivism is when we are open to receive and express and to be received by all we never know who we are encountering and just because somebody doesn't you know sleep with crystals in their bra and palo santos mm -hmm. and whatever mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they're any less spiritual or any less close to the higher power and at the end of the day we're all here mm -hmm. doing our best doing you know with what we have so um that's kind of where i'm at today mm. thank you for being so like open and vulnerable i'm really sorry that happened to you with the um, sexual assault it's really not easy yeah it definitely broke me and tore me apart and mm. it was so difficult to even admit to myself that mm -hmm that it was that that it is something that happened and after that I tried to seek support and stuff and there's no support around it and it took me about four and a half years to um, seek out therapy and it would took two and a half months after finding the right therapist to actually talk about it in session and we were meeting every day I mean every every week you know so and I was working on this every day but it took a while but once I crossed over and walked through the hump you know over the hump of mm -hmm. being able to cry it out and feel safe and supported I feel like it no longer has a hold of me mm -hmm. and what I've realized too what I've learned is when we overcome trauma we'll never go back to being how we used to be you know so mm -hmm. I will never be the girl that I was before I got raped you know um mm -hmm. but I'm also the woman I am today because of that reason you know because of the work I chose to do on myself and what I chose to do about it and for anybody listening who's resonating i'm so sorry um i'm mm -hmm. proud of you and i know it's not easy so just keep moving moving forward and 
not giving up because it, it will take time, but it mm -hmm. is part of our path, you know, and we can't deny it just because it doesn't feel as good as mm -hmm. love and light girlies. <laughs> yeah, I definitely was in for a shock after kind of like my initial like branded awakening, you know, and I was like, oh my goodness, like I can do this. Like I was discovering all these abilities, discovering all of this truth, you know, like finding this happiness in myself for the first time. And then kind of, you know, the law of equals come in. So you can't expect yourself to be able to be so awakened and bring in all this light without then going through the equal amount of darkness. So I was definitely shocked by like how much darkness came up and how long it's like been taking, you know, like, I don't know if I'll ever feel like I look back at my, um, the time. Mm -hmm of my first awakening. And I just remember that being like the most happiest time of my life, you know? And I don't know if I'll, I, I won't ever feel that happiness because it was almost like a shallow level of happiness, you know? But then you kind of learn that happiness is not the goal. It's rather that contentment. Mm -hmm. But one thing that you um, do that I love and I resonate with as well is these women's circles. So how did you begin kind of like, how did you get that call and how did you make that decision? What was the process like? Oh, thank you. Yes. I love that you've been doing your women's circles too. And I just love seeing that um, ripple out into the community. I think it's so important to gather for us women, especially, I can't speak for men because I'm not one, you know, but I noticed when women gather, we heal this planet while simultaneously mm -hmm. healing ourselves. And it's so beautiful. Um, the women's circle started as almost like an egotistical need for um, during the BLM movement and George Floyd. So I've attended women's circles in person before COVID and I've hosted some prior, but again, with that lack of capacity and awareness at the time with my limited perception. Um, and then once I started the healing journey and the COVID started, I felt so isolated and I started going to online women's circles. And then I started working with a coach to like a business coach to brand and package my message so that I could, you know, reach a niche audience and stuff. And we were going to launch, you know, posting and this and that. And then the George Floyd event happened and it didn't feel right to talk about my story. So instead of, um, you know, I didn't feel like it was my calling to go out and protest and go, um, I was living in LA at the time, but I wanted to be active and be an ally. So the women's circle started as a safe space to bridge the gaps between worlds pretty much. And um, I'm from Russia. So I moved to America when I was 13 to Georgia in America. And I became aware of my whiteness before I even spoke the language, you know, because I saw how different mm -hmm. my peers were treated. And that's something that's been a big part of my life. So I wanted to bridge the gap between my LA friends and my Georgia friends and friends from all over the world that I'm so lucky to know and create a safe space for people to talk about their stories, but also not revert to toxic positivity and say, oh, mm -hmm. but it's good we're talking about it. No, it's good if we're gonna sit here and confront our own prejudice and look within ourselves and not make it feel like it's uh, people of color's job to tell us why racism is bad, but mm -hmm. hold a safe space for others and support. And then we started meeting bi-weekly and then that was in June, 2020. And we still meet every month and it's a free space. I'm actually doing it for the, for, for the last time for free in December. And mm -hmm. we meditate, we journal, we say some affirmations and 
uh, we create a safe space for sharing. And um, starting next year, I'm going to launch more of a membership community program um, for a very small little fee, but uh, I'm going through this stage in my life where I'm being really called to start charging for my services um, mm -hmm. and show up more wholeheartedly and collaborate more. And the coolest thing too, I actually do these women circles, but we call them mental health days or mental health like workshops at my job. So it's just been really, really cool to see something that I started out of like the, the string in my heart that is now offering so much value and support to not just women, but also like people in professional settings and um, to be offered that, you know, it's something that just started from my head. So yeah, it's been amazing. That is really cool. So at your, like, you have like a corporate regular job and you do your circles there as well? Yeah, so I work at a mental health services nonprofit and oh, cool. um, it's a pretty big organization. We have over 500 people and we service people like homeless and um, IDD patients with either autism or mental health needs. Um, just so much, so much services that we offer and we all work remote. So once a month we gather, we meditate, we journal, we say some affirmations and then, you know, we open up the safe space to share too, like for one lunch. Um, to create that safety for the people in the workplace as well. And it's been really cool because I, on the first call, there was over 80 people and some of them were men. And to receive such positive feedback mm -hmm. from men has been so incredible as well. So I'm looking to open up the safe space for all genders. Um, mm -hmm. And as a queer woman, I, ever since I stopped dating men, I find it a lot easier to meet them from compassionate standpoint, if that makes sense, and like see them as, you know, souls that are seeking healing as well. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the stage I'm in now. <laughs> that's beautiful. And I think that a big um, problem that a lot of people who are on the spiritual path run into is kind of finding that balance between you know, being a part of the spiritual world and being up in the ethers and then bringing it down, grounding in general, but then making money from that. Mm -hmm. And then also coexisting in kind of like, you know, the quote unquote world, mm -hmm. you know, that we as a spiritual community are not too fond of yeah. uh, as a generalization. So how would you, what was like your process on finding that balance and like finding kind of the courage to um, make something real of it and, you know, decide to get a business coach and everything like that. Yeah, that is such, oh, I have chills. That is so good that you're bringing it up. And it's so important because as a spiritual person, it is so easy to get lost in the ethers and you feel so good, mm -hmm. especially yeah. with our small, you know, circle of people who are from the same soul cloth, you know, and cut mm -hmm. from the same material and just to be in that bubble and only talk about love and light and bigger ideas but this work is so needed in the matrix like people are receiving mm -hmm. it so well and yeah. it is very difficult as a sensitive person as a tapped in person as an aware person to be in places where people reject your presence you mm -hmm. know and it's so it's so difficult to want to be a part of that and um consensually sell your time for a service just to make ends meet, just because of the capitalistic structure that we're a part of, you know, but mm -hmm. it wouldn't do me any good to run away to Bali and more mm -hmm. power, to, you know, that, that, that I love that when people do it and I hope to do it one day as well, that just doesn't feel like it's part of my path right now, right now, it feels like I'm supposed to be here. So it actually took a lot of work, a lot of reflection, a lot of shadow work to want to do a nine to five again in the COVID when 
sugar daddy Sam, <laughs> Uncle Sam was giving us all money. Like I loved it. That was my favorite time. <laughs> um and then I um so I was a recruiter in LA and then when I moved back to Columbus which is you know Georgia which is the place where the rape happened and a lot of my other abuse and just trauma happened I so didn't want to move but um when I was in LA I was doing a satna practice it's for 40 days and it's a kundalini yoga practice where we woke up at 4 30 in the morning and like meditated and stuff and I remember sitting in meditation one day and spirit clearly told me hey you have to go back to Columbus and I cried mm -hmm. for a week I did not want to do it but the way life had it is everything aligned perfectly I sold mm -hmm. all my stuff found a sublease for my room that I was renting and moved you know like drove to back across the country and there um, I started working at an autism clinic because I just needed a break from corporate I needed something fulfilling to do plus I was doing the women's circle I was making some money bartending on the side so I just wanted to tap into mental health thinking like hey maybe a recruiting is not for me maybe I want to work in mental health let me take a, a dabble into the world of autism and become a therapist and um, they trained me on the job and it was so eye-opening but through the structure within the workplace at the autism clinic. It was so toxic and so disheartening for me to see, knowing that I worked in HR before and I, you know, took took some initiatives and helped the workplace get better. And then I moved to um, Denver. And when I moved to Denver, I was like, okay, I want to get back into recruiting, but I want to be really intentional with how I want to show up and what I want to do. So I became very specific with what I want. You know, I wanted to work from home. I wanted to make a specific amount of money and I wanted to work in a mental health field. And when I moved, I didn't have a job. I just moved with like $300 to my name and like the shit in my car and my pets and everything worked out perfectly. Like I moved on the first, on the fourth, I got a job at a, a woman owned company, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. Like it was not from home. Um, it was about 10, 10 to $15,000 less a year than what I was uh, wanting to make. And even though it was a woman owned company, it was still outdated with their values mm. and beliefs. And from there, after about three months, I got recruited into the company that I'm in, I'm at now. And that was perfectly manifested. But you know, what's so wild. I actually struggled a lot. So I meant this manifestation came through, it was exactly what I wanted. And it is a healthy work environment it is a positive culture of work-life balance and there's mm -hmm. so much support you know as you can see you know they're utilizing my passions and my skills to like you know add value mm -hmm. to the company like we're just but my biggest issue was some of the feedback meeting I had is they're saying hey um you know you're doing great we love how good of a you know you do at this job but within the team you get a really defensive whenever you're presented with ideas that you don't agree with and sometimes you have this look on your face that um you know, if you don't agree with something, you just shut down and like the conversation is over. And I literally started crying because I experienced so much trauma in the workplace in LA from having like a narcissistic boss and having to be competitive to like prove yourself and mm -hmm. this and that. So being like receiving my manifestation and being in a healthy work environment actually mm -hmm. came with a lot of triggers. So mm -hmm. I had to like work through that as well, you know, and uh, kind of accept that this is true. Like I deserve this and like what I wanted is real and it's happening right now and I'm just not used to it because I've never been a part of it and I don't even know how to act you know so mm -hmm. um, yeah <laughs>
And I think that goes for not just the work environment, but everything, you know, we manifest this so much and it's what our heart desires, but then we get it and we don't know how to act, you know, because we don't think that we're deserving of it. And we're not like used to be comfortable in what we yeah. deserve. Absolutely. With manifestations, it's like all of us can manifest whatever, but it, we forget that we need to do the work to keep it, you know, to mm -hmm. continue remaining in that vibration of receiving it and holding on to it but without like a need of an attachment need but as in mm -hmm. accepting that as part of our vibration as our reality because we don't manifest what we want we manifest what we are so mm -hmm. in order to receive the gifts and receive the desires and have them come into reality we have to be the vibrational match you know so we can be a vibrational match to an extent but as the manifestation evolves and becomes a more solid item within your reality and your daily life we have to continually choosing to be a part of that vibration you know and mm -hmm. that revert back to our old ways as a familiar and comfortable thing that our ego makes us do because it's there mm -hmm. to protect us in a way you know? yeah and that um uncomfortable shadow work that you talk about too absolutely do you think um what do you think is the biggest obstacle for spiritual people who are feeling this way you know like what we were just talking about how mm. um you have all this knowledge and all these gifts and you have these abilities and you have these feelings and these realizations but then you also need to pay your rent and you know i have a taurus mm. moon so i like nice things and yeah. you know, like to be comfy <laughs> with the capricorn moon like i'm yeah. funny I, I can't deny it yeah you, like it's you know and also i believe that to de deny the material world it's for us to deny our body mm -hmm. which was a gift you know to given us to for our soul like a earth spaceship you know to live life yeah. here so how what what do you think is the biggest struggle for people in this situation i think it's definitely multifaceted i want to say one thing is definitely this like um remembrance that we have in our bodies and our souls that comes along with utilizing our gifts you know like we were prosecuted so many eras so many timelines we were not allowed to express those gifts and even still we're still mocked you know like mm -hmm. everyone calls us crazy mm -hmm. uh, people like don't believe what we can do and that in and of itself like creates so many blockages in kind of being our authentic self so this fear of being rejected you know this fear of just simply opening up to those gifts you know and then kind of we are traumatized everyone in society is traumatized because we live in a fucked up society not gonna you know yeah the earth is hell i i think that that's my point of view as of now um <laughs> even though it's beautiful um and then also just like this trauma of really just being called crazy our whole life you know like even mm -hmm. if it's something simple as yoga or astrology like it can still be mocked mm -hmm. so i think that there's that um and then also i think it's just kind of like the plainness of just lacking the courage to know that you can go outside the structure because there's not really i'm not going to go on google.com and see you know, like teaching meditation to children, you know, that's not going to be a job that's like easily accessible because that's not how our society works. Mm -hmm. And so in order to create something where we can take, you know, who we are 
and what we have to give and then make that into a monetization. It does require going our own route and paving Mm -hmm. a separate way. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is very scary for a lot of us because Mm -hmm. that aloneness and just like, you know, not many people are surrounding us saying, yeah, do your own thing completely. You can do it. You know, like it's almost like every ear is just telling us to go down the same beaten path. Mm -hmm. And we know that we can't, you know, and then this, um, this kind of balance that we talk about that is, is very hard for us to, um, kind of anchor in, you know, I mean, I'll only speak for myself, but I know that I, I do speak for many people um, who identify with their spiritual nature when I say balance is a little bit hard balancing that earth so for example like um, or even keeping the the uh, energetic boundaries in check like when I go out it can be very difficult for me to kind of like turn off um, picking up on the energy around me Mm -hmm. and so just finding that balance between like you know wanting to do my own thing and then being out in public. And I really like what you said about Bali, because that's like a kind of a realization that I had a little bit ago, like every spiritual person wants to go nomad. Every spiritual person wants to live out in the middle of the wilderness, just do their thing, of course. But that's ultimately like, we are here for a reason. We're here in this exact place and this exact body all for a reason. But that's, that's definitely a struggle that I am dealing with, you know, like I just have this, I really love money and I'm not afraid Mm -hmm. to say it. Mm -hmm. I love the comfort. I love the security. I love the freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is definitely um, hard to push down that path for me because of my inner blocks. And then, you know, this money making opportunity comes this way. And I say, well, that's kind of easier, you know, that's Mm -hmm. because you're not going to see the results in the beginning. Mm -hmm like as a, as a rule of thumb, you know, you start your own business, you don't see profit for a while. And so it's kind of similar to that. And then the comes, comes the conversation, like, what do I do in that waiting period? Mm -hmm. I can't afford to have three years where I'm not seeing the profit that I know I deserve. Absolutely. And, you know, I think you touch on a really good point about, um, like accepting and vocalizing the things that, um, are not, are not talked about as much and we one thing we have to accept and recognize and talk about is that mainstream spirituality is still packaged in a way that is marketable Mm. to be yes yes you know so when we talk about you know like meditating is good take a bath nature walk you know like go to therapy and this and that all of that is beautiful but we also have to accept the fact that within us is duality so just as mm-hmm. much as we are light and beautiful and love we are just as greedy we're sloppy we're mm-hmm. we're jealous you know we lie and until we accept these things we can't be fully self-actualized and mm-hmm. using our intuition using our gifts is still an egotistical practice because, yeah you know and it's it's okay personally I've had to accept like I saw a lot of success in my business too and the way I show up and the way that I offer my services is when I accepted the fact that I do it from an egotistical standpoint Mm. I do it because it makes me feel good I do it because I like to perceive be perceived as a person who holds women's circles and who has Mm -hmm. meditation clients and who teaches yoga like that is something that is good for my ego not in a a toxic way but in a very mm-hmm. like, healed ego ego that mm-hmm. is there to protect me and serve me in a way that I'm still utilizing it you know and without using 
without accepting that and just worrying like oh I hope more people come and this without accepting the fact that it is from an ego point I was so anxious and so nervous about how I'm perceived but as soon as I let that go I started uh, before every circle before every client call before every class I start to pray and I say okay vessel use me as a okay spirit use me as a vessel um to do your work through me and say the words and do the things that these people need to experience. And that takes so much pressure off. And sometimes I'll even black out during a meditation. You know, I don't even know what I'm saying. And then I open my eyes and people are crying, people are laughing, you know, I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad you guys had such a fun time. Like I, don't, I was almost not there, you know, because the spirit was speaking so loudly through me, but we need to accept these parts of ourselves, you know, to um, show up as a fully faceted being. Mm. I resonate with that. And that's something I also wanted to add, like this feeling, this inherent like uncomfortability with kind of using those abilities, like, mm-hmm. like one, the part of me, like I want to hold this space, but then I don't want to charge because I want to do it um, for like, you know, the good of the collective and offer that space and everything. And then, you know, for example, like I could have the ability to speak with those who have passed, but then first of all, the doubt that comes with that, the imposter syndrome, but then I'm like, is it right to charge off of this? Um, but you know, it, it's our, it is our right, you know? Well, I, I honestly am not like secure on that, like point of view, whether it's our right. Cause like, there is a big part of me that says like, don't charge for these things, find something else to do. Um, but then I recently started learning about kind of like this this mindset that a lot of women hold that like basically says if you're not doing something like worthy enough if you're not doing something to serve other people enough then it's not worthy you know like we have to do everything for the good of everyone else and be so selfless and that's kind of like a outdated kind of like woman mindset that we hold and I definitely resonated with that because I didn't want to go for anything unless I was like okay this is very noble this is very you know Yeah, and the market is so saturated too. Like there are so many people who are not doing it for the right reasons. You know, there are people who charge so much and um, abuse the position that they're in and take advantage of the vulnerability that people are usually at when they're seeking these kind of services. You know, so it's it's not an easy feeling to navigate. But I noticed so in the pandemic, I was just getting you know the uh, severance or what stimulus and um, charging, you know, for my private client calls, but doing the woman circles for free. And I noticed that whenever that was my only source of income, I was showing up from a very unauthentic place. Like I was mm-hmm. not, like I was not allowing myself to be led just by spirit and just showing mm-hmm. up in that selfless, you know, kind of way, because I, you know, was hoping to receive the money and like from an egotistical mm-hmm. standpoint, again, like the more clients I have, the more better I am, you know, as a, as a guide or whatever the fuck. So that's kind of why I have a full-time job right now so that mm-hmm. I can have, you know, it's, and my job is mm-hmm. very uh, pr- productive in a way that I feel like I have good spiritual hygiene by doing it. And mm-hmm. because it is comfortable for me and because it is um, allowing me to, live my lifestyle I can still I can focus on being of service to others from a very non-attached and not like a desperate kind of way like I'm doing it because I want to do it you know and Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean 
Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And that definitely shed some light on some things I'm, you know, feeling because that's, I definitely resonated with that. Like, if I do, like, I don't want to market and try to get people to buy my readings, you know what I mean? Like, because that doesn't feel authentic to me. Mm -hmm. But when you do have that security of, okay, I'm going to get paid either way, Mm -hmm. then that kind of like removes the anxiety so you can show up more fully. Um, And then I like how you talk about like, you know, the shadow work that it took to go back to the nine to five job and like Mm -hmm. talking about this balance and everything. And so you um, recently spoke about how now you're feeling more connected to spirit than ever and not Mm -hmm. identifying so much with the spirituality label. What did that kind of shift look and feel like for you? Like, was there a point where you realized maybe something needs to change or was it just a gradual progression? Yeah, that's such a, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Um, so when I went back, you know, after the the meditation and the realization, I had to go back to Columbus for about a year. And I was um, staying with my family, which is a very triggering event for me. And I was there for, you know, a few weeks to living with my parents again. And it kind of destroyed me and all the practices I had, you know, that I've developed over since COVID started and prior, it's like almost it never happened. And I reverted back to my teenage self where I was going out drinking and just not living in my, like I wasn't, it's almost like things started to become hard. Life became really chaotic. And instead of using my spiritual tools and my like, you know, modalities from therapy, I reverted back to toxic coping mechanisms, which is for me is drinking and casual sex um which isn't personally I don't find that empowering you know it's just something that is a coping mechanism for me and for about six months I just was you know kind of living a double life because I was still doing women's circles but I would be done hosting women's circle feel so high so energized close my laptop feel so alone and just drive five minutes downtown to the bar and I know I would know everybody you know I know would be able to disconnect instead of drawing a bath or, you know, like giving a self massage or something like that, you know? So that kind of realization made me realize that I'm still both. Like I prefer to be known as a spiritual person, but they're still very alive and very true parts within me that like to party and like to, you know, be in the world. So instead of shaming myself, how can I um, be fully myself and accept both parts of me, you know, like all the previous versions of me, that still exists that brought me to the woman I am today. And that kind of helped me realize that healing is not about becoming the best version of yourself. Healing is about loving the most ugliest, disgusting and hideous parts of ourselves that still deserve to be loved. And there's still very much big truth and big part of us. And um, that I would say that was a bigger realization. So prior to moving to Denver, um, I moved in at the end of March. I did six months of celibacy and three months of 100 days sober from alcohol to really clean out my channel and clean out my energy. Mm -hmm. And that was the best thing I've ever done because I feel like once I started moving and once I started like putting it in motion and um, put the safety plan in place, moved to a place I've actually never visited Denver before, just came through me in meditation that that's where I'm supposed to be. Everything has happened so perfectly. And I felt like I walked into a portal that was pushing me forward. And since I got here, things have been aligning. This was the easiest move. Things have, I've never felt more alignment ever. You know, I've been meeting incredible people and the least I identify with my spiritual identity. And the more I just gravitate towards things that 
make my inner child happy, make my inner teen feel safe, make my inner adult feel proud of herself, the more I'm able to express that and attract the kind of people who resonate with me. And another thing too is when I was in Columbus, I became, I, be, I got a best friend and she is, um, she was raised Christian. She doesn't really do the, the woo stuff, but mm-hmm. she's loved me. Shout out to Hartley, but she mm-hmm. showed me the kind of platonic love that I wouldn't have probably been able to receive have I not done the work, the inner work, you know, have I not increased that inner capacity to show compassion for myself and have I not started setting boundaries and cutting off people who weren't in alignment with that hardly came into my life and I've known her for about 10 years but we got really close when I moved back and that kind of safety and platonic support and just just it was such a beautiful friendship and I realized like wow I don't just need to be with like only friends with spiritual people like I can receive that kind Mm -hmm. of love from places I didn't even like think to look at and she's taught me Mm -hmm. so much and um yeah that was that was a big eye-opening moment for me Mm. Yeah, community is so important. Absolutely. And I think also that's another like um, boundary that maybe the spiritual community feels that like the market that we want to create, we're like, is there any money in it? You know? I mean, I think there is, you know, it just, yeah. I think it's just about um, following our own path. Unfortunately, there is not um, a clear path. You know, it's not like, you, people think you can just take a course and you have somebody who mm-hmm. you know knows how to do it but nobody knows your path better than you do we have our inner intelligence our inner compass mm-hmm. and what people don't want to hear because it doesn't sell well and doesn't make money is the way to become the spiritual entrepreneur is by doing your work and like really clearing your own energy and really growing within yourself and developing a stronger relationship with the higher path um and have you read um I, not not untethered soul by michael singer or uh, the surrender experiment by michael singer no i haven't i've never even heard of that oh it's so good so untethered soul is about like how to live with yourself and your inner roommate from a very non-dominational spiritual perspective mm-hmm. and um the surrender experiment is about his life and he was a like a PhD student, you know, um, I think like a finance. And then he wanted to um, quiet that inner Karen, that inner critic. And he started meditating and he talks about his profound life experiences and how his life unfolded. So he started by sitting in the, in the, in the meadow somewhere in the forest. And then he got an idea to build a house and then that turned into a temple. And then he started like, you know, things have started unfolding and all he did consistently was meditate and connect to the higher spirit and anytime Mm -hmm. he had an idea life has provided him with the tools to get to the next level and within like years he created a coding company that became a billion dollar company but he still had the temple he still had the construction business you know he had like hundreds Mm -hmm. of people coming to his like Sunday meditations and stuff and um and then more life happened he had gotten into some legal trouble you know but He just kept surrendering to the experiment of life and kept allowing himself to be the vessel that life wanted to use to create these things in the world. So even though the medical coding company that turned into, you know, a tech company that is a billion dollar company, like is not a spiritual thing, but that is where spirit led him. So Mm -hmm. letting go of that idea that, you know, the only way we can be use of this world is by using just our spiritual gifts is um is limiting belief you know because he was still using his spiritual gifts while building something so much different Mm, 
that's a great point because I do think that there is a point in the spiritual journey where you're asked to get off the strictly spiritual journey and then you know access those gifts that the quote-unquote matrix is asking of you you know because the healing journey can definitely be a trap thinking that you always have to be constantly healing Mm -hmm. constantly in the realms instead of being actually here because we are here yeah and that's you know that's a that's almost like a self-sabotaging toxic belief and feeling like you know we can't reap the fruits of our labor like because there's always something Mm -hmm. to work on there's always something to be fixed because we are the reflection of the world around us you know we are the mirror as someone I know likes to say Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and but it's also time to like enjoy the beautifulness of the world that we're creating within us and sharing it with others as well Mm. yeah I definitely resonate with that so well, first, I, I ask a few questions at the kind of like the end that I ask everyone. But before that, is there anything you want to kind of like share on anything that you're uh, sharing to the collective or anything you want people to know? Mm, let me tune in. Yes, I want to share that you're doing great. You're doing amazing. Oh, you're doing you. so much better than you think you are. <laughs> All of us. For me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, Mary, you're doing so good. And you're still showing up online. You know, you're so authentic. And I would love to um, highlight that. And for anybody who resonates with you and uh, receives guidance from you, you know, that is, it's not going to look like somebody with a whole social media team and like a social media calendar. You know, you show up in a way that you're feeling led to show up. You know, I remember your. Um, short movie that you did about like depression and living with that you know when you were in the bathtub and then you like kind of disappeared for like three months after that and I just want to say that is so real and so raw because even trees in the nature you know they don't produce fruit all year long so Mm -hmm. at any stage that we're at now it is so perfect it is exactly what we're supposed to do and even though it doesn't look like what we think it should look like and um, we want to speed up the process. I want to say the more you try to speed things up and the more you try to make them look like something else that it isn't and choosing to deny or not accept the full expression of whatever it is you're going through, the longer it's going to take and the less enjoyable it's going to feel. So wherever you are, just do your best. Don't give up on yourself. Practice spiritual hygiene. Take time for yourself to be alone and really get to know your inner self and accept both the darkness and the goodness and have um, have practices in place to build a very comfortable home for them to live in. So mm-hmm. you can guide others and show that it is possible for others as well. And that's the best, the best thing that came through that I wanted to share. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really lovely. Thank you for sharing that. It is so like easy to kind of be on the path and then um, focus on what you haven't done or what you want mm-hmm. to do instead of looking back and be like, wow, I, I'm actually years you know ahead of where I thought I would be you know last month you know yeah but it's it's easy to miss that Mm. when we're focusing on where we're going instead of Mm. where we are Mm. yeah that presence so the question that I ask um to everyone is if you could give and you kind of answered this a little bit but if you could give um everyone in the world a piece of advice like say your face was broadcasted to all seven billion people what piece of advice would that be or what words and then what would you say to your younger self 
Yeah, I would say to both of us, my younger self and everyone in the collective, you know, um, is let go of shame. Mm. Shame is not serving us any good. And it is mm -hmm. a conscious, maybe subconscious pattern that we choose to engage in because it keeps us small and keeps us comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it makes um, companies billions of dollars when we feel shame and guilt. And I would say, whatever it is that you're doing, anytime you have a loop of thought pattern that is um, causing you to feel shame, just know at any point you can turn around and mm -hmm. engage in a different loop thought pattern and be completely delusional, you know, start talking nice, <laughs> you know, like smack your own ass in a mirror. <laughs> say the things to yourself that you want other people to say and start being the best partner for yourself, mm -hmm. whether you're partnered or not, you know, but start being your best hype man and um yeah don't don't feed into the feelings of shame and the thoughts of guilt and stuff and whatever it is that is happening that is causing you to feel that way i encourage you to dig a deeper level and understand where is that coming from and how can you let that go it's mm. really beautiful thank you thank you and then any and all socials where people can find you. I'll include this in the description as well, but anything you're also offering, you know, you want people to look out for. Yes. Okay. So my Instagram is at Didinko, D-I-D-N-K-O. And I would love to invite everyone listening to our December end of the year woman's circle. It will be around the full moon. I'm still workshopping a date, but if you go on the link tree in my bio you can put your email in and i'll send out an invite shortly um for anyone who's never been to a woman's circle before and is working on healing that um sister wound i highly encourage you to try it it is a safe space where we don't get naked we don't show our titties i know a lot of people are kind of worried about that we don't do that and <laughs> sharing is you know not mandatory and before we share anything that we want to say we encourage people to say whether or not they want feedback and if you don't want feedback mm -hmm. we'll, we'll just assume you want to be supported and hold in a safe space um so it is designed to add value to your journey and create closeness and connectedness to people around the mm -hmm. world who are probably going through a very similar thing you're going through and mm -hmm. i would just love for us all to experience that and it is free it is about hour hour and a half long and it is the last time it will be free so starting next year there will be a membership program but I would love for you to experience that and join. And I um, would love for you guys to listen to that podcast episode that we did with Mira um, like two years ago. Um, I would love for us to uh, put that in the in the bio as well because it was juicy. And yeah, the title of it is, um, let's see, if loving aliens, gods, and humans is wrong, I don't want to be right. So <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love them all, I guess. So we'll work Gotta on that. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we get deep and, and woo-wee in there. So Yeah, that, that was a very woo-woo one. <laughs> yeah, it was very yeah, good. really interesting to see like the difference in our like just energy and the way we speak mm -hmm. and our progressions. Yeah. Feels like it was 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lifetimes ago. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for being on here and thank you so much for just showing up authenticity, authentic authentically and being like the powerhouse you are, you definitely give me just grounded, 
power warrior, love warrior energy. And I really appreciate that. I really appreciate bringing the authenticity back into the spiritual space because we need that, that grounded view of it. Thank you so much. I receive it. I've been kind of like vibrating like there's like, <laughs> like little ants underneath my skin, like this whole mm -hmm. time we were talking. I'm so activated mm -hmm. right now. And I just appreciate you being such a catalyst on my journey and from worlds apart, feeling so close and so present in our energy. I feel so connected and really grateful to be part of the tribe together. Yeah, me too. Thank you. And I'm really excited for everyone to hear this one this one's a good one <laughs> yeah serving up the real ish well hopefully this will be out next week so right now i'm going to see the date that it's recorded today is november 25th just for the records but yeah i will let you know when it's up i'm so excited and thank you so much everyone who is tuning in and listening you are so loved you are so supported you are so capable of creating the life that you desire thank you for being here with us and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Let's see. And let's stop.